You're listening to the Makers and Mystics podcast. This is your host, Stephen Roach. This is season six, episode eight. Jeremy Cowart is an award-winning photographer, artist, and entrepreneur whose mission in life is to explore the intersection of creativity and empathy. He was named the most influential photographer on the internet by Huffington Post, Forbes, and Yahoo in 2014. Jeremy has published four books, including his latest release titled I'm Possible, Jumping Into Fear and Discovering a Life of Purpose. His latest endeavor is The Purpose Hotel, a planned global for-profit hotel chain designed to fuel the work of not-for-profit organizations. He's also the founder of a global photography movement called Help Portrait, which connects photographers, hairstylists, and makeup artists all around the world with people in need to take their picture, print their picture, and then deliver it free of charge. In this episode, I talk with Jeremy about his work as a photographer and visual artist and how empathy and hope inform the art he makes. I'm also thrilled to announce that Jeremy Cowart will be one of our main stage presenters at the Breath in the Clay Creative Arts Gathering, March 20 through 22, 2020 in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Tickets for the Breath in the Clay are now on sale at thebc2020.com. Patrons of the podcast can enjoy an additional interview segment with Jeremy on his advice to artists seeking to turn their work into a full-time vocation. You can find this segment and the ticket link to the Breath in the Clay Gathering in the show notes of this episode. This is my interview with artist and entrepreneur, Jeremy Cowart. Jeremy, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us on Makers and Mystics. I'm honored to have you on the show today. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. I'm honored as well. I'm excited to have this conversation with you because the more that I've gotten to know both your photography and your visual art, I've become a huge fan of your work. And so this is a real treat. That that means a lot. I continue to uh, not be confident in my work. (laughs) So anytime anybody digs it, that, that means a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. Well, I'd love to start our conversation learning some about your background. Tell me, when did you know you were going to become a photographer or a visual artist? Yeah, um, I uh, have always been in the arts since I was a kid. I was uh, into music for a long time. Had a band with my brothers at one point. Um, but then probably in high school, I started to... Uh, refocus my sights towards the visual arts instead of music and so studied graphic design in college minored in illustration worked for a few ad agencies after college then started my own company at the age of 24 did design for uh, i think five years before i switched over to shooting full-time um and then i've been a photographer for 15 years and during all that time i've still been doing a lot of fine art and uh yeah, kind of. Now now I feel like I'm merging all of them because I'm still painting and drawing and graphic designing and shooting and you know, a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to ask you, one thing I read in your biography is that your art tends to focus on the relationship between creativity and empathy. And I thought that was a fascinating and beautiful connection you made there. 
So I'd love to know more about how creativity and empathy connect in your world. Yeah, it was really just um, a realization that I had after over the course of time that, um, you know, I, I like to use ideas, creativity in times of need, you know, when a disaster strikes, um, a hurricane or an earthquake or a wildfire, you know, we need, we'll always need hands to rebuild, we'll always need, you know, money uh, to rebuild and we'll need organizations like Red Cross and World Vision but I also think we'll always need individuals to come up with sp- specific new ideas to tell the story. And um, I like to play that role because I don't feel like there, there are many people who are playing that role. Um, and so as an artist, I love to think, how can I tell the story in a new way that helps keep this project uh, in the news longer, you know? So when things are in the news longer, that means more eyeballs, more people are thinking about it and doing something to respond. And so, um, yeah, I, I, and, and that really is the intersection of creativity and empathy. How do we use new ideas, new art uh, in times of need? Well, empathy is reaching into the heart of another person or reaching into the situation and feeling what the other person is feeling. And I was curious if that plays out into some of your work as a portrait photographer. You know, you've worked with a lot of really high-profile clients, uh, Taylor Swift and Lauren Daigle and a lot of people that, names that people would know. I'm curious if some of that empathy serves to draw out the best in who they are in in that creative interaction yeah i mean it's weird every shoot every shoot is so different every client is so unique that it's hard to you know you definitely can't lump any of them together um i just try to i mean my countenance on a photo shoot is as it is right now i'm super laid back and um just super chill and and a lot of times i really don't even have time to interact a lot with the subjects especially on the really big shoots with the big celebrities you know it's business as usual everybody's on set for a very quick burst of time and um i'm so overwhelmed with other things like getting the job done and making sure my gear is working make sure the music isn't too loud making sure my assistants are doing what they need to do like i'm really a director and so there's not a lot of time to um really connect with the subjects and sometimes there is but i just try to treat them all like a friend and uh like i would anybody honestly and so um yeah, I, I'm not. There's no specific strategy though towards like I'm going to be this or that type of person on this shoot. I just uh, I'm me, and you know, hopefully I um, impact them in a positive way. One thing that I've noticed about your photography is that you add illustration and some of the visual art elements that we mentioned earlier to the photographs. I'm curious how much of that is just an intuitive process on your part or if it's premeditated as an idea with the client that they want you to go for. Yeah, I've, I've only actually done that a couple times ever. Uh, it's not usually something I do. I mean, I did it on a recent shoot with Lauren Daigle. That's probably what you're referring to. And um, that was just honestly just for fun. You know, uh, Lauren and I wanted to do a shoot with no expectations, no rules, no team involved, no album to promote. We just uh, just did it. And so part of the just doing it was me 
printing out the images and drawing on them and painting on them. And so um, it's literally fun for fun's sake. And so, but typically that's not part of any job or any shoot. Um, that was just a random, random fun, fun thing. But I would like to do that more, but there's not really a commercial demand for that for anybody unless I really, really tried to make that like my thing and then clients started to want that. But really the trends these days uh, are super minimal and uh, in my opinion, boring. I'm, I'm ready for this trend of uh, clean and minimal to be over because I just find it all to be, uh, you know, we can call it that, but in my mind, it's more just lazy and, you know, uh, <laughs> lacking, lacking in creativity. Uh, yeah. So I'm ready for the, the minimalism thing to be done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you mentioned there not being a commercial demand for some of the more experimental types of photography that interest you. So I'd love to know how much commercial demand impacts the work that you're making, because I see your work as being very original and so it makes me wonder how commercial demand and your artistic interests interact with one another. Yeah, I think more than ever, I'm ignoring all ideas of commercial demand. Uh, and I'm paying the price for that because it's uh, not a good thing if I want to pay the bills and make money. Because uh, <laughs> the work I've been doing lately, I think, is a little too out there. Like I said, the, the trends right now are minimal and clean. And what I'm doing is the opposite of that. And so, um, you know, I'm not shooting a lot for clients right now. There's, there's not a lot of demand for what I'm doing. And so, but I've kind of been in the, in the state of like, screw it, you know, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And, uh, cause I need to be happy and fulfilled as an artist. Um, but that's the risk I take in doing that, you know, um, and so, yeah, there's not, I'm not, my phone is not ringing off the hook with a job, sadly. Uh, but it's an, it's a kind of still a good season for me to figure out, okay, I'm just going to figure it out and I'm going to, I'm going to do what I want to do and see who comes to me. And thankfully, you know, Lauren Daigle was one of the artists that uh, really connected with what I was doing and, you know, she wanted to collaborate. And so um, everybody, you know, I'm getting tons of feedback like what you just said. It's super original. Haven't seen anything like it. Uh, which that's all great. But, yeah, there's still not a lot of commercial viability to it. And so I'm having to pivot and like, okay, well, how can this, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm slowly transitioning into the fine art world. And being a, a, a gallery artist, um, but that world is uh, even more daunting. It's super confusing. Uh, the more I learn about it, the more confused I am. But I also kind of enjoy a good challenge. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to switch gears for a minute and ask you about your new book that just came out in April called I'm Possible. Tell me some about this book. Yeah, um, it's really uh, my life story as an artist. Uh, I released a talk years ago that um, really kind of blew up and uh, launched a speaking career accidentally. In fact, really on paper these days, I am a speaker who also shoots. Uh, little most people don't know that, but I, I shoot. I speak a lot more than I take pictures right now, and I, most of my travel that I'm doing lately is. Uh, is speaking. Um, anyway, so uh, the talk did so well that uh, an agent reached out to me at one point and said this should be a book. And so 
we did it. We uh, signed a deal with Harper Collins and and wrote a book. And um, so yeah, it's been cool to to let my story get out there and um, connect. Uh, I think my story is most people's story about being an insecure, you know, artist who didn't think he was going to do a lot in life, but went on to you know achieve some things and then realize that success ultimately doesn't matter to what does matter and so it's that journey of uh, figuring it out and so um yeah it's been out since april and uh it's been cool to see the response mm-hmm. well you mentioned part of your journey has been going from an insecure artist who didn't think they were going to achieve much to someone who has achieved a measure of success as being a full-time artist but I'd be curious to know what is one of the greatest challenges that you faced on this journey of becoming a full-time successful artist? Um, I mean, gosh, there's so many. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the challenges are ongoing. I've been pursuing the, uh, you know, building a hotel now for seven years. Mm-hmm. That's quite the challenge. It'll be a decade from the time we, from the time I had the idea to the time we opened the doors maybe even a little more than a decade. So um, it's a big chunk of my life to pursue a thought and to pursue an idea. Um, so I would say that's still the still the biggest challenge I'm facing. Mm-hmm. Tell me some about the hotel then, because that, that was one thing I wanted to ask you about. I know it's called the Purpose Hotel, right? Yeah, it's an idea I had in 2012 um, and was afraid of the idea for three years. And uh, now we've been pursuing it for four years. Uh, but basically it's a hotel chain where everything inside the building connects to causes and nonprofits and uh, helps make the world a better place. And so, um, yeah, super exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there a projected time that the hotel is going to open then? Uh, I mean, it's the, the floating uh, million dollar question to me, who ultimately knows? Um, uh, ideally, it would open in 22, probably late 22, so uh, two or three years from now. Um, but heck, that could be another 10 years. I, I ultimately have no idea. There's still a million things that, that have to happen for it all to work. Um, but we are uh, moving forward every day, and uh, you know, it's a long journey. Yeah, I guess that kind of goes back to the cliche that creativity is 10% inspiration, 90% perspiration, something like that. <laughs> yes, and that is that is an exaggeration. Uh, the idea is, I would say, 0.1%, and uh, the execution is 99.9% of the uh, process. And so, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. The, uh-huh. idea, the idea is the, is the easy part. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that even with the Purpose Hotel and even with some of the other things that you're doing, the empathy and and the creativity that combines in your art and all these things kind of work together to serve the greater good. And that's a theme that I see underlying all the art that you do and everything that I read about you is, is serving the greater good. And I believe I read somewhere where you said that greatness is serving a greater purpose. And I'd, I'd love to hear you elaborate on that. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I think our culture uh, strives to be great, strives to be successful, make money, um, all that stuff. I've even got a friend who his whole platform is on being great, being awesome, you know, and doing awesome things. But I think, uh, you know, a lot of times our midlife crisis, what that really means is we get to a point where we've achieved our 
dreams. We're making money. We've got the house and the kids and the, you know, all the things that culture tells us we need. But then we realize, wait, I'm still not fulfilled. None of that really matters. And so I think uh, greatness is when we pivot and use our talents and our knowledge and our skills to do things bigger than ourselves, you know, and bigger than ourselves means helping others indeed, you know, through through our ideas and through our uh, through our work and stuff. And so it's kind of what that means to me is uh, how do we how do we use our greatness for a greater you know greater good. Sure. And I know in your work you've leveraged your art form to help some of the unserved people groups from around the world. I'm curious if you'd share a specific story about how your art has impacted some of the people around the world. I, I think you've done some work in Haiti. Um, I'd love to know some of those specifics. Yeah, I've done projects in, uh, in Haiti, Rwanda, Gatlinburg, Florida, um, uh, Uganda, uh, kind of all over the world. Help Portrait is a nonprofit I started where we encourage photographers around the world to take pictures of people in need and print them and give them away and that uh, those events have now taken place in over 75 countries around the world um so um yeah i'm always looking to uh to do a new project to, to help and in fact right now we're brainstorming a, a humanitarian project in the bahamas um so we'll see see how that comes out but yeah i'm always uh looking to to do more and trying to figure out how to how to be creative in times of need. Well, I want to ask you specifically about your visual art because from what I've seen, your work tends to be very nonlinear, somewhat abstract and almost surreal. Some of the subject matter tends to be darker in nature. And anyone that knows me knows that I gravitate toward this type of art. But I'm interested to know how you would describe your own work. Yeah, um... The way I create, I don't really know what to call it or what it is. I don't really have any fancy verbiage for it. It's just the way I've created since high school. You know, I have a very loose drawing style, and um, you know, I just, uh, just, I, it's all, it's weird. I feel like a lot of artists are able to explain their work, but I'm, I'm really not. I just, it's in me, and whatever comes out, I'll let it come out. And I've tried a few times to control it or try to make it um, more it's funny because everything I do all the projects we've been talking about are positive in nature they're hopeful they're you know humanitarian in nature but my art is um, can be really dark actually can be really abstract and almost creepy and sad and weird and um, there are times that I've tried to like force it to be more happy and hopeful to make it you know maybe sell more but ultimately I think that's a it's a bad idea. I just need to let whatever is there, you know, uh, surface and come out. And if it finds an audience, great, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I just kind of, I don't know. I just let loose and <laughs> see what happens. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, I think when artists try to explain the art, it's it's really a bad thing. I, I did a show recently, and everybody wanted to know the meaning behind their pieces that they were buying. And I think the meaning is whatever. Whatever hits you. I saw a gallery recently explained actually in an Instagram comment that art is the relationship between the piece and the viewer. 
And for the artist to explain it kind of destroys that relationship. And I could not agree more with that thought, you know. Absolutely. I would agree 100% with that as well. And I think some of the great art leaves room for the audience or the viewer to participate in the creative process by bringing their perception to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I agree completely. And um, it's hard sometimes because people so badly want to know everything about the piece, especially if they're purchasing it, so they can tell people in their homes. But I'm just like, in what it is what it is. So sorry, I don't have a deep uh, story or you know philosophy around this piece. It just yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Yes, I love it. You know, we were talking about how your art really is motivated by serving and making the world a better place, and yet at the same time, some of the visual art that you're creating tends to be darker thematically and tends to have more of a, in your words, even a creepy or it could be a disturbing motif to it. I'm curious if there's a thought of how hope and darker themed work interplay in you as an artist. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're both there, you know, I think every human being has, um, both within them, you know, I'm a very hopeful, positive person. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm also a sinner and have a dark side too. You know, I think everybody does. And so maybe that's what is, uh, releasing itself in the art. I don't know. I just know that, um, Again, I just enjoy letting what comes out of me come out of me and um, without needing to explain it or have a reasoning for it. Um, Mm -hmm. And so maybe that art will turn to be more hopeful. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I just uh, one of my favorite artists is um, Basquiat. And uh, he's probably my biggest influence. And oddly enough, I discovered him. uh, Somehow I went through college and I studied art history and i've been an artist for a long time and no one ever mentioned or basquiat never came up in any of those classes um i think we were studying much older artists and so the 80s weren't really a a time that we were studying i guess but it wasn't until probably in the last five years that i even found out who he was i um uploaded a piece of art on on Facebook and somebody said this looks like uh, Basquiat and I was like who is this Basquiat kid you know I thought he was somebody <laughs> like local and current and uh, you know and I've since become a massive fan of his and I think it's because we do not to compare myself to him but I do relate to him and how he releases and creates and even at one point I was re- watching an interview with him and this uh, really bad interviewer was like, so tell me about the words in your paintings. And he's like, well, <laughs> when I listen, when I paint, I listen to the TV. And whatever they're saying on the TV, I jot those words down. You know, it's so painfully uh, simple and kind of funny. And a lot of the way, in a lot of ways, I what when I create, like it's it's the same. It's just. You know, I can write down the words that are in the song that I'm listening to, you know, just kind of, it's all impromptu and um, in the moment. So anyway, I just appreciate um, Basquiat's work and his abstract style. It's definitely, definitely an influence. Yeah. I love that as art being a response to what's going on around you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I definitely, um, I do want to incorporate more, uh, um, I guess, for lack of a better word, culture into my art. I definitely have a lot of uh, 
thoughts, you know, both politically and spiritually um, with the current culture. And so it is kind of a goal of mine to um, speak up more uh, on what's going on through the art. And so we'll see how that goes. Uh, mm -hmm. Could be a really bad idea. Could be a good idea. I'm not sure, but sure, it's uh, definitely <laughs> maybe where I'm headed. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to ask you one last question, and this one deals more with your own personal spirituality and some of the motivations behind your work. So I'm curious if you could tell me how your own spiritual path informs what you create. Yeah, um, I don't know, honestly. Uh, I mean, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer. I feel like God has put my, God is the creator of creativity, you know. I feel like all my ideas, especially the ones that are um, holistic and humanitarian in nature, like those are very divine moments where I feel like God uh, is speaking into me. I, in fact, I think it's silly to even take credit for some of the ideas because uh, it's not like I go brainstorming. And, you know, when I had the idea for the hotel, I was not needing a new career that day. I was actually at the very peak of my photo career. And so to have that idea randomly out of nowhere with no connections to the hotel industry, no family and hospitality, no experience in hospitality, you know, for God to drop that idea on me um, was truly like holy. And uh, so I, I've never felt like I can take credit for those ideas of those moments. Um, and so, yeah, I just let, I just feel like I try to be a good listener and a good steward and try to get the, get the right ideas done. Mm-hmm. And I think that would probably apply to both uh, spiritual practice and the creative practices, learning to be a good listener and learning to respond. Mm-hmm, for sure. Jeremy, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us on Makers and Mystics. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And thank you so much to our friends and patrons of the podcast who are making these conversations possible through your generosity. Be sure to follow the link in the show notes of this episode to get your tickets to the Breath in the Clay 2020, taking place March 20th through 22nd in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. You can join Jeremy Cowart, myself, Scott Erickson, Will Reagan, and our whole community of artists from around the world as we gather to explore the intersections of art, faith, and culture. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Makers and Mystics, and we'll see you again next week. Keep creating. The world needs your art. Mm -hmm.